This is Scott Fishman with Anthroposophy Today. In this first episode, Sarita and I explore the early childhood years of Waldorf education, which include parent-toddler programs, pre-kindergarten, and kindergarten. We discuss how, historically, children began school at around age seven, at the change of teeth, but that as the needs of families changed, the Waldorf classroom also changed to meet this need. The result has been that the classroom is essentially an extension of the home where a warm, safe environment is created. We talk about the role of the teacher and the characteristics of the children in these early years. We go through a typical day and talk about some of the more common class rituals beloved by all Waldorf kids, including finding their doll in the woods. We also speak about what you will not find in a typical Waldorf classroom. So come join us. If you have any questions or comments on the episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like more information, you can check out our blog post for this or any of our other episodes at www.anthroposophytoday.com. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) So we wanted to go through the curriculum, if you will, the, I don't want to call it a curriculum, start off correcting myself already, but the the Waldorf, customarily people think of things as curriculum, but it's not really a curriculum, and we'll get into that. But rhythms, the rhythm, we can call them, you know, rhythms better than curriculum of um, guidelines, guidelines um, of the, uh, you know, Waldorf program, the indications that Steiner left. And so today, um, I thought we would start with early childhood. And I don't think we can cover the whole thing, certainly, but we can um, give people an idea of what what the early childhood atmosphere is um what the children are experiencing what the teachers are experiencing and what's unique about it and just have a conversation about that and um draw on your expertise in that uh area so um we can really go anywhere you want but i I have some general guidelines and questions and stuff and we can use that as like a, a starting point. So, um, in general, um, what does the early childhood classroom environment look like? The classroom is designed to be a home. Yeah. So when you enter um, one of those classrooms, um, it looks like a house. Home. Yeah. It has, um, and it looks everything is sort of small. Mm. It has little tables, little chairs, mm-hmm. um, and then no like miniature, but sort of they are designed to be uh, for the size of the child mm-hmm. so that they don't have to climb onto, yeah. but they are furniture because it is a home. Mm-hmm. There is furniture in the, in the living room that has uh, normal sized chairs yeah. and uh, usually a rocking chair. And I will say a little bit more about what is the purpose of that. Mm-hmm furniture in the classroom and like i said it's not always but a lot of times that's what uh they have Mm -hmm. and there is you know carpets 
you know, little lambskins, silks, and handmade toys, uh, dolls. That everything is handmade, mm. whether they were uh, have been made by the um, teacher and the assistant. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have little workshops where the parents are involved and they come and they create these things for the classroom. Yeah. Um, but in general, like I said, it is like a home. So yeah. you have areas where there is sitting, uh, family, uh, you know, big areas where the children can have indoor play, but they're organically, organically created. Mm. Where by that, I mean, there are like little corners where they have the dolls, for example, and then another corner where they have other dolls. So there is enough space for all the children to gravitate towards different areas of the household yeah, or the right. uh, living mm -hmm. room. Um, and I will get into that when we get to talk a little bit mm -hmm. more about the day and things like that. Um, the, uh, also, the, another characteristic of the house is that the house um, looks a little bit soft. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is they don't use very bright lights. Yeah. It's all very soft light. Um, mm. They have curtains, and the curtains usually are made um, out of silk or mm. muslin or very thin cotton. The whole purpose of that is that whatever they use to cover the windows uh, allows the light to penetrate, mm -hmm. to enter the room mm -hmm. in a very soft way, yeah. not directly. Yeah. And it creates, um, if you have ever seen... Um, anything on the window that has the silk quality or cotton mm -hmm. that is very translucent, it actually creates so uh, a type of um, colors that enter, the light becomes that sort of, mm -hmm. goes through the, the, the curtain and, mm -hmm. and creates colors inside. Mm -hmm. So that's very appealing to the child because of that, the whole human being actually is, a color is very, uh, affects the human being in very positive or negative ways. And so in Waldorf, we try to use colors that everything that is natural, natural fiber, uh, fibers, natural colors, colors that are, that are connected to nature. So nothing that is sort of actually not seen in nature, like a fluorescent yeah, light right. is okay. not really seen in nature. I'm right. not saying that we don't use that. That right. has a place usually in the higher grades for other purposes. Mm -hmm. But for the little ones, uh, everything is, uh, created in a way that's what I use the word soft and yeah. warmth and by warmth I don't mean temperature even though the, the rooms are kept mm -hmm. at a temperature that is not too hot not too cold mm -hmm. so it's very comfortable and by warmth I mean that everything that is in the in the classroom when you enter even as an adult creates in you sure. a warmth sure we've all anyone who's gone in to one of those um, early childhood classrooms as an immediate ah wow so nice yeah it takes you back and yeah. they they usually don't have decorations on the walls either yeah, they right. usually have um very simple things that mm -hmm. are na natural either things that um have they been made by uh with wool or natural fibers that some of the children may have mm -hmm. made or that the teacher had made uh they try not to clutter the walls with um, many things. Yeah. Sometimes you will see in some uh, classrooms that they have one of the walls maybe painted um, with a specific um, uh, style that mm -hmm. is used in Waldorf um, to 
paint one wall or a quarter of a wall where they ha may have a little design of the stars or like a sky. And in the classrooms in the grade school, they have mm -hmm. sort of themes. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about early childhood. Feels like so. feels like the the child is still in the womb a little bit. Yes. When they're in the classroom, are there any uh, particular colors that we do use or don't use at that age, or does it not really? I mean, you probably wouldn't want to fire red. No, <laughs> you know, no. They but, usually use actually for the little ones. They tend to use things that are called peach blossom. Yeah, there is like yeah. a pink, a uh, very soft rose mm -hmm, mm, uh, mm. with peach. That's mm. what they usually use for the curtains. Mm. Um, but of course. Um, there is always variations of that across the world because Waldorf is now um, around the world. And, and so, if you if you had to characterize the the development of the child at this point, I mean, it matters whether it's three, four, five, or six, obviously. But at this point, the kids are just barely born, if you will. What are we, where are they at? What are they? Well, usually um, the young, sort of the, the, the young child's day in the Waldorf classroom um, mirrors or is designed to be the microcosm mm -hmm. of the rhythms of life. Mm. So for that age, that's what is everything that is created, not just the uh, actual environment when you enter and you see everything that is the structures that are in there the furniture everything mm -hmm. there is also kitchens i forgot to say there is uh, everything mm -hmm. that you will have it's like house, a home exactly yeah, yeah. Um, except bedrooms mm -hmm. um, but they do have little corners mm -hmm. for children you know right in the in the living room sometimes there are little corners where they have lamp schemes and little things where the children sometimes, you know, um, go, and rest. go and rest. Or if they mm -hmm. have a sort of a, a difficult day mm -hmm. or they're having a um, sad day yeah, and whatever the case is. And sometimes they play, they make believe and they go mm -hmm. and have the little corner where they pretend that they're sleeping. Mm -hmm. There are those areas, but there are no bedrooms in the, yeah. in the, in the, in the household, mm -hmm. the home of the mm -hmm. classroom. Yeah. Um, the, you, you talked about the rhythms. So, what, what, what kind of rhythms? I'm also thinking that, given what's been going on in the world recently um, with the coronavirus stuff, um, it's um, it's led a lot of people to have to do homeschooling who who certainly hadn't originally intended to do that, and so I, I sense a lot of people scrambling to. Uh, take care of the kids at home and homeschool and stuff like that. And so I imagine there are people who um, are probably even more interested in doing that at this point than than even before. What what are the rhythms in the in the life of a child like that that are important to to kind of remind people of? Who are, I mean, you know, it's not like we're born knowing how to parent in a way. Some of it is we've forgotten. Um, so what, what would you say about the rhythms in the life of these children that would also be useful for, for parents who, you know, have kids but weren't really doing this before? Yeah. So um, I'll start with just referring to the Waldorf classroom 
the early childhood mm. in the sense that the key element of the Waldorf uh, early childhood and the grade school uh, in this in the high school too, but it sort of changes because of the type of development mm. that they're in. Uh, but in the early childhood, the main characteristic or the main person is the teacher. Mm. So that will be translated in a household will be the parent who mm. is in charge of um, the main mm -hmm. um, raising of the children in a yeah. way, you know, staying with them in the day because the raising of the children hopefully is done by the two parents. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm, I'm talking about whoever stays with the children mm -hmm. during the day. Mm -hmm. um, so that will be, let's just say the mother mm -hmm. is the one that is, uh, doing the homeschooling or doing the stay in the house. Um, so the, the main activity or the main um, uh, rhythms that we try to, there is actually two uh, very simple to, to remember, you know, to sort of think, mm -hmm. um, not just for the early childhood, but for all the Waldorf um, education, which is, something that we call breathing in and breathing out. Mm -hmm. And this is connected to activities and to things that we do during the day that allow um, the, the child, in a way, is, is connected to that, the word, breathing in. What is that breathing in and breathing out? Mm -hmm. So it has to do with, if you just say, well, what, what do I do? How do I do breathing in and how do I do breathing out? If you do these two movements with the mm -hmm. breath, immediately you will feel what activities are breathing in and what activities are breathing out. Uh, sometimes it's not so intuitive for, for some, uh, but activities that could be seen as uh, breathing in are activities where you, for example, eating, uh, reading, storytelling, mm -hmm. uh, things that you go in. Mm -hmm. So breathing in, but it's also in. You are, you are inside yourself. You are sort of in an in a, in a introspective, let's mm -hmm. say, uh, mode. And a child, even though they don't do introspection in the sense that adults do, right. they do have times where they go in. Mm -hmm. You know, when they do uh, play along, when you see them playing along and then mm -hmm. they're talking and they're in imaginary mm -hmm. game or mm -hmm. imaginary mm -hmm. friend mm -hmm. or playing with the little stones and they are actually uh, talking because they yeah. are, one is the knight and the other one is the uh, damsel in distress or mm -hmm. the pig that got stuck somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, they play with stones or sticks mm. so that also is an, an uh, a little bit an intro in, in you know in breathing in in the mm -hmm. sense that they are doing something even though they're playing right is and they're not talking with others they're not right. doing this is an, an a long activity right. um so and uh, then out breathing and an out breathing activity uh breathing out activity will be things that you go out yeah so you do um, things like circle time mm -hmm. and you do ding tong clipping clapping things like that mm -hmm. things that where you move and you do things that are connected to gestures mm -hmm. whether they are um, loud gestures mm -hmm. whispering things or mm -hmm. making clapping and things like that mm -hmm. where we usually um, use this time also to make sure that different uh, the child is actually moving a different space around yeah. them Mm. Um, we're already awakening that part because people think that that is uh, naturally, I mean, a long, long time ago, this used to happen natural with right. humans that we, because we were sort of freer in the sense of mm -hmm. when we were younger to just play out in the, yeah. in the, in the fields 
or uh, outside, we live in the city, we were much more free in that sense. Now, mm -hmm. because of the way things have changed, not, not necessarily right now, but in general, societies have yeah. changed yeah. unless you live in the countryside. Right. Um, then that's different. Mm. So because of that, Waldorf, ha especially for the early childhood, had changed drastically uh, in the sense that they include a lot of outdoor activities, yeah. meaning no outdoor activities like, you know, of course you can do field trips, but I mean things where the children are able to explore nature, mm. the natural environment. And is the, is the in-breathing and out-breathing activities that you engage in, that's something that you just sort of sense given your classroom when you're ready for the next one? You know, how often do you, uh, it's like, well, well, well it's, it's actually just like when we breathe. You yeah, can go because you can breathe that way. Right. It has to go. It's it's, it's right. a rhythm. It's right. like a music. It's like a harmony. You right. have to be able to design your day where you have activities so, that so, are doing that sort of hmm. rhythm, following the other in breathing, right. out breathing, in breathing, right. out breathing, so that the child is able to uh, develop a healthy breathing yeah. in themselves, yeah. meaning in their own breathing. Physically, mm -hmm. yeah, but also in their lives. In their lives, in you the know, community. They, exactly. The they are able to have this rhythm that uh, is developing them yeah. and they carry that. Sure. In the grade school, sure. they do different sure. things in breathing and out breathing. They're different activities. It's all done with the classes, mm -hmm. with the type of day they have. So, as you told me, uh, what are the sort of the, the type of activities that uh, somebody can so do? So, before you do that, so. What would be an example, let's just say, of a person as an adult who hadn't really learned the, the proper rhythm of in-breathing and out-breathing? Can you, does that, does anything come to mind as like a, like someone who obviously learns proper rhythm in their day as a, as a youth may not even appreciate it or know it, but someone who, who didn't, what would that look like? For an adult, how yeah. would they look like? Well, um, I would say there is different um, ways. For you know, one thing that we can think of is an adult who uh, works. Uh, let's just say works in a in an environment where he's inside mm -hmm. and is doing um, work that is you know m many of us do a technological work right. or internet work on right. you know that's but. Um, a work that is for a long, long time without having periods of time where you shift. Mm. So we have in, in our modern day, let's say, um, that sort of requires of many of us to have hours of this. But right. there are ways that you can do, little things you can do right. that you can shift right. and it will create a much more healthy uh, situation for yourself, not just mm. for your body, but for your mind. Yeah, sure. And there are many uh, issues with stress and anxiety mm. and many of the disorders that we have mm. now based on that, right. on the uh, disharmony with the breathing in and breathing out right. of the uh, human being. Right. And so to, uh, it's one of those things where in the curriculum, the program, you, you learn it without knowing it sort of thing. And so it becomes a part of you so that you grow with 
just knowing, having a natural sense yeah. of when to go in and then when to go out and you know, how, to, yeah. how to breathe. And, and of yeah. course, we don't tell the children, we're yeah. breathing in and right. we're breathing, we're breathing out. We're not, time doing to breathe out. Any of that. we're not doing any <laughs> right. of that of because not. we don't need to. Sure. That yeah. is, um, the activity is by itself mm. um, a breathing out, a breathing yeah. in activity. So when the children through the early childhood and then through all the grades uh, until the end of Waldorf, which is actually no 12th grade because now there are programs for adult mm -hmm. education where mm -hmm. they're at college and all of, you know, those types of programs, even in adult education where people go as adults to train, um, whether it is for teacher training or um, for anthroposophy in different levels or biodynamics and all the different, even mm -hmm. anthroposoph anthroposophical medicine, all mm -hmm. sorts of programs that are connected to Waldorf and anthroposophy, mm -hmm. they all have the element of breathing in yeah. and breathing out. Yeah. Absolutely all the, because yeah. if we are not, um, don't have a healthy breathing, we cannot give healthy breathing to anybody else yeah. in our lives. Yeah. So yeah. we start, always the training starts with the, the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. The teacher, the training for the teacher is very important. So in the case, if we are talking about parents who would like to do this, is also to observe themselves and their breathings. And, and you mm -hmm. know, many times um, we as adults are blessed with children because we see what's not working because the children tell us immediately what's not mm -hmm. working. They have a tantrum or whatever. And we correct ourselves. We, if we have enough observation, and that's another element of the Waldorf teacher, is to observe, not judge, observe. Be always observing of yourself and the children and the environment, what's happening, and not to feel horrible about yourself, but mm -hmm. to just say, okay, that didn't go well today. Mm -hmm. what, what, we, what, did I, what, what happened? And right. you go back to your day and you go, ah, that's it. Okay. Mm. I need to do a little more of this, a little bit less of that, or a little bit whatever it was. Yeah, right. And sometimes people think that having a child to be the entire day out, and as an outbreath, right. that's an outbreath mm. activity where you go for like let's say a field trip. Right. You can do that, yeah. but you have to. Uh, if, if, I mean, not have to, but if you think it of this breathing in and breathing out, if you incorporate that into your field trip, mm -hmm. it's a much more wholesome. Sure place uh, and you will come yeah. back with so much richness right. that especially in the grade school yeah. uh, age where you can actually utilize it and also in the in the early childhood because they bring play yeah which is another i don't know if that's one of the questions but that's another key part of mm -hmm. Waldorf uh childhood mm -hmm. and world of education play yeah yeah well that was something we we want to talk about um play certainly you want to talk about art uh, how that's incorporated, um, that will be a, a subject through each one of the grades. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot, there are m misconceptions, uh, as you know, about the role of art in Waldorf schools, um, saying that they're art schools, and, well, my child doesn't want to be an artist, and so people I don't think fully appreciate why art is in so steep Waldorf is so steeped with art and and what it means at each step of the way and so that's something we'll go through in time and um it's not that we're trying to create artists per se 
It's just that, uh, so there's a lot to that. So we should touch upon that. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, I, I also wanted to just quickly go back to the age. I remember hearing that, um, you know, the school should start around the first change of teeth, right? So when the first teeth have come in, second set of teeth have come in around, around the seventh year, that's when ideally we would be uh, sending our children to school. But that that's changed over time. Um, and so I thought maybe before we go into some more c curriculum stuff like art and play, maybe you could address why we're taking three-year-olds at this point. Yes. So um, the, well, actually there are programs that have um, even smaller children mm. that uh, have, you know, little ones, that babies, yeah. mm. um, that are um, no call preschool. You know, it's like preschools, but um, some of them are called like preschool, where they have the, the you know, the little babies until three-year-olds, and sometimes they're like home, um, Waldorf early childhood programs mm. that contain a group of children, all of this, the, the, the group of children from babies to six-year-olds. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why that this phenomenon happened, you know, some 30 years ago, um, was because um, society started to change. Yeah. And it was necessary uh, for um, Waldorf as a, as a whole, the whole world of education as a whole decided to uh, come in and sort of, and try to preserve childhood. Mm -hmm. And the way that um, this developed was creating uh, programs for um, the little ones yeah. who, because of the needs of their families, uh, they needed to go to work and they needed to yeah. put them in daycare. Right. So they created these programs where they were an extension of home. Yeah, okay. So they, 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 like I said to you, the early childhood is a home, is a household, yeah, the right. entire classroom. Right. There is nothing um, artificial. There is nothing mm -hmm. uh, to drill uh, skills. Yeah, right. Um, because later on when you asked me the other questions that yeah. you said you, were, you wanted yeah. to talk about, um, that's where these things are being developed yeah. in an organic way instead of, um, reading and all of that start mm. later on. Mm. Um, so that's why there are uh, schools and their programs that include little babies too. Mm. Um, I know uh, uh, actually a, a person who has a um, Waldorf program uh, here in our neighborhood mm. who um, uh, all her children were to Wald went to Waldorf. She had mm. like four older, you know, they are already in high school, all of them. And she has a program for um, little babies until I think is yeah, four or five years old, mm -hmm. uh, four year old, five year old. I mean, she does have six, but if somebody wants to go to a Waldorf school mm -hmm. that a uh, kindergarten, then they usually leave around mm -hmm. four. But she has so typically yeah. from babies to four year old. That must be hard to handle that range. Of she has a, a, ages. a an assistant. Yeah. Um, but these are people who really are called to, and yeah. they have ways to, like they did alone, like my grandmother had uh, yeah. eight children. Yeah, sure. Her yeah. her mother had 13 children. Yeah, well. And so they, they, they and, and in the world of that works too, the, the, the structure of, the, the, of the, the, the household, the home, the classroom mm -hmm. 
with the children that are different ages is incredible yeah, because right. it doesn't, it, it helps the little ones and it helps the older ones. Yeah, sure. Because there is this sense of yeah. uh, nurturing that sure. from the older ones who want to take care of the little ones and who want to do this and who want to be the big sister and the yeah. big brother. And this helps a lot children who are single children. Yeah, because right. we're having a, a lot right. of that phenomenon in this society too. Right. So it, it's like a, in, that's what I said, like a big household where you yeah. have siblings of all yeah. ages. And like our children who have gone through Waldorf, uh, they see their uh, class uh, classmates mm. as siblings. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, certainly our son, he has very, very um, deep connections yeah. with his classmates. And he yeah. had, they, they, you could see that they, they treat themselves as, Brothers, yeah, sisters yeah. and brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. uh, that's why we see that, um, and also the longer day. Before it used to be a shorter day. Mm. It used to be just from like eight when usually Walter schools start at eight in the morning, a little bit early sometimes, until noon. Mm -hmm. Now they go until you know one thirty, two thirty, three thirty, four. Yeah, but they are divided into the aftercare school, mm -hmm. but they still have an element of the same sort of type of wall you know activities rhythms but not by the main teacher the main teacher carries the 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 day until certain time mm -hmm. and then comes the yeah. after care which is called but they and they have at that time a more games and things where they can actually focus on that um and during the day they have activities and i don't know if you want me to talk a little bit about that but activities that what, what can the parents do if they are doing sort of homeschooling or the yeah, little ones. I was. Let's talk about some of the activities, the games, and the art and things both that that occur in at the school and that perhaps parents could do at home who are looking to, uh, you know, do something healthy and constructive with their children. Yeah. Um, because we all know, and, and it's just all too easy to just beat up the the iPad um, because this is, you know. Um, it's just everywhere and we can talk and we will talk about the role of technology, uh, quite a bit, I'm sure. Um, uh, and not just to beat it up, uh, but to explain, you know, what the, the challenges are with, with, uh, modern technology without being naive. Um, so let's talk about what kind of games they might do and, and why, um, and uh, so like i was yeah. telling you um the classroom is inside as a home mm -hmm. inside and outside mm -hmm. so inside i already described what it would look like mm -hmm. a little bit and not all look the same but because not all homes are the same mm -hmm. but they all have kitchens they all have living rooms they all have areas play areas so um, the main characteristic, as I say, as I mentioned before, is the warmth, the softness, mm -hmm. uh, all of that furniture that is soft, that doesn't have sharp points and that are metal mm -hmm. or, or glass. Everything is made out of wood. Yeah. And why is that? It's because the, if you touch a table, even us who are adults, if you touch a table that is wood and mm -hmm. that is actually treated naturally, your hand touches that in a different way that if you touch something that is metal or cement or glass, mm -hmm. it, it, it has a different feeling. Sure. So that is another element of the, um, not just early childhood, but the Waldorf, that 
that we are um, awakening and training the senses, all mm. the senses. Mm. Um, so that's an element of the play inside. And then the element of the play outside is that the actual playground, they call it playground, but when you go to a classroom that is uh, older for early childhood, the playground looks like a garden. Mm. It doesn't have mm. like grass per se, but it has all types of, um, you know, always have trees mm -hmm. and plants, but it has little corners where they have things for digging sure. so that they can mm. dig, uh, little buckets uh, with maybe a couple of shovels, yep. not tons of um, tools mm -hmm. because uh, we also want them to gravitate towards uh, sticks and yeah, stones yeah. and there is plenty <laughs> of mm. that and you don't have to be trained sure. to 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 get a stick you know you just watch a child playing and the stick yeah, becomes a yeah. hundred different things sure. we because up, it doesn't have a form yeah. we grew up in the woods with a pond nearby and all day every day there was unlimited possibility of things that we would create we would build little rafts and um, most of them floated, <laughs> not all of them. And we would explore the pond like. But I know. bet that when it didn't uh, work, it created an, an ingenuity in sure, you. Sure. A question of what well, failed. Well, we ended up with ones that worked. That's yeah. for sure. And that's what happens yeah. yep. for and boys we and girls. We would go up and down the river, sort of the pond all day long. We would then catch fish and. I was saying we would build little houses and forts in the woods, and there were no so nails, there were no hammers, there was nothing. It exactly. was just what we so had. So that yeah. is what's recreated in the playground mm. in the yeah. Walder. Right. Um, and then so you will say, well, how do we do that? Because we have a, a backyard, but how do we do that? Mm. So you need yeah. just a few, a few three, three th stumps. Right. Make sure you have some sticks and little round uh, uh, stones, no yeah. pointy stones, but round like you know you find in the rivers, mm. and maybe a couple of shovels, mm. a, a pile of dirt in a corner yeah. where they yeah. can dig in and create. Yeah. You don't even have to sand it. You don't have yeah. to have a sand pit. You can have just dirt. Yeah, and you can have a swing yeah. hang from one of the trees that you have tested, make sure that is you know mm -hmm. strong, and you put a rope. Mm -hmm. And you can put a, a, a circle piece of wood that is mm -hmm. just your swing that you, sure. they can put their, right. their legs around it. Yeah. Or you can create a swing. You can yeah. have, you know, you can create that. If you are in your home, you can include your children to make sure. something like that. And I'm sure they will love it. Yeah. As yeah. We, our children did. Um, so the, that's sort of the, the type of elements that you want to think of. It's yeah. like the image that you just gave me about how you grew up. I grew up the same way. I didn't mm. grow up in this country. I grew up in Ecuador. Mm. But we had, and my city was where I, I come from the uh, ocean, close to the ocean. Mm. So we had that element. Mm. You came from more like um, the mountains. So every terrain that you, are, you come from, and you had to take into consideration that whoever the pairing is, wherever they live, yeah. wherever yeah. they are from, you want to have that natural environment mm. close because that's what is close to them. Right. And you don't want to bring alien things from other or mm -hmm. other places that are not really close to, to, to your sure. natural environment. And it, that makes it easier because you just have it right there. If you live in the country, it's even easier. But you, if you live in the city, you don't need a lot of space. You just mm. need to create, put a little water 
If they don't, you don't have a pond, you don't have, like you say, you have a pond, you don't have a pond, a little bucket with water. You can just change it every, every day. You can just have it there. Oh, it will create hundreds of games. Mm. And, and, the children, and of course, the adults supervise. You started to talk about, you know, some things the kids could do, but then how the parents have to kind of be there for it, let the kids play freely, but at the same time, the parents need to sort of be there watching too, right? Yes. So, um, because we're connecting um, the classroom and mm. giving the idea of their parents who may want, who are homeschooling perhaps, or want to recreate um, this, this type of activities or situations in their own homes, mm -hmm. um, always the teacher, uh, first of all, they don't interfere in the children's play in the mm -hmm. sense, what I mean by that is they don't tell the child, this is what you need to do and this, yeah. and, and they start playing with the child and right. because the, in a way, the child has sort of pure imagination mm -hmm. and the, ch the, the way that the teacher um, feeds the imagination is through storytelling that mm -hmm. we can talk about later and, mm -hmm. and through different activities that they do. Mm -hmm. uh, when, the when the child is outside or inside playing, there is always, you could say, supervision by the teacher or the assistant and how do they supervise. And in this case, the parent, if the parent is uh, doing this at home. Mm -hmm. Um, and how do they supervise? They don't sit over the child mm -hmm. um, because the child will go, what? Immediately, they, yeah, they right. get self-conscious, especially yeah. when they get a little older. When they're mm -hmm. like three-year-olds, not so much, or four-year-olds, but when they're five and six, they do. And you like them to be able to sort of drift into their own mm -hmm. uh, imagina imagination. So the way that um, the parent can do and the teachers do and the assistants is that um, they, some teachers are whittle. You know what whittling yeah, means? Right, you yeah. know, like wood carving, you wood. know, you get. Right. And they actually teach the children in the, most of the Waldorf uh, early childhood mm -hmm. to use knives. Use knives. No yep. sharp knives, but yep. like um, a kitchen knives. Yeah. Where they actually can use, uh, and they learn how to yeah. carve. And they're always supervised, like I said. It's not a knife, like I said, that is, sharp that you will give to a six or seven year old that, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. that has been taught right. and right. that you are watching them and that actually knows how to uh, whittle, mm -hmm. how to wood whittle. Uh, but they use um, a little bit dull um, mm -hmm. at the beginning when they're mm -hmm. learning to do it. And the teacher sits, whether it is a male teacher or a, or a female teacher, they sit in the area of the, of the, of the playground, mm -hmm. of the you know, garden, Mm -hmm. Let's call it garden because playground immediately has a connotation sure. to yeah. you know the Man structures that are, exactly. So like that's that. not what it is. Are they sit in a part of the garden where they usually sit in a stump of a tree, and they bring the wood 
and mm. they start whittling. And mm. then you will see the amount of kids that come and they want to do it. So and you're talking about how old, more or less? We're talking about the kindergarten. So kindergarten. Uh, you sometimes see children that are four-year-olds interested in yeah. that, but they would just probably, unless it's a very gifted child that with wood carving, sure. that but, would be able to do In order to be figures. able to whittle a piece of wood, you have to have a, a blade that's, you know, somewhat that could cut you. Well, the thing which is, is not to say I'm not trying to say, hey, we like to give, but no. the, I think there's something to be said for. Well, there are some uh, kitchen knives. Yeah. That actually are able to um, whittle. Yeah. And I'm not talking about whittling that you are actually going to create a yeah, yeah. an amazing Sculpture. right. Figure. You're just having it's fun. Just Cutting the, the wood. The ability to peel the piece of stick mm -hmm. so that you can see the white piece of mm -hmm. wood inside. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's enough. Yeah. And then the teacher will do it. No, isn't he's not, or she, she or he is not teaching the child how to do it. He's not saying, and you need to do this. Sure. Next. It's not sure. They're just doing it. They do it, the children mirror. Yeah, right. Because at this age, this is what the main. Um, situation is with these children at this age they Mirror. are one with the environment yeah so and they m imitate absolutely everything so the child the um gesture of the teacher or parent is essential mm. by gesture i mean if you are terrible in the morning very uh you know stressed or, or or screaming or something the child the young child mm -hmm mirrors that immediately right. and they mirror it in different ways sure. um usually one tries to even though sometimes we have difficult days we're all parents sure. we have better days and better not so good days yeah. but in general one tries to have this gesture of calmness yeah and everything goes slow you don't run from one area to the next one to get something you because the children will copy you yeah you okay. go slowly moving along and the same thing the teacher who is doing that is going slowly and yeah. teaching that then there is also um they can bring some homework an activity with with yarn or right. something that the teacher can do that is sitting around watching the children observing the children but she or he is not intently watching them right she or he right. is doing an activity right where around the children Right. Where the children right. are playing and they immediately forget that the, the teacher yeah, or the right. parent is there. there. So that's the element. So, so I want to I want to clarify the whole knife thing because yeah. <laughs> I don't want people going out and buying you know Bowie knife no. for their kids and then everybody's losing fingers. But so so if I understand you correctly, there's a there's a butter knife out there that can not cut skin so easily yeah. but can cut the bark off yeah. of a twig and the, or a stick the other thing the element of that is that the child needs to learn so the adult this is the, the adult whoever the adult is whether mm -hmm. it is the parent or the teacher um before he or she gives anything to the child let's just say the the butter knife mm -hmm. um they have actually done this activity on their own by the children playing around watching and they are expressing mm -hmm. their interest and mm -hmm. then the parent or the, gotcha. or the teacher will say uh the time will come mm. very soon and it's also actually very healthy for a child to wait to wait to have patience so no you can't do it now 
and no without saying that but yeah. saying your time will come mm. yeah okay soon gotcha you know and then you, you will find ways to say it right and you don't want to have them wait for a month sure, 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 sure. but you yeah. know one or two days with yeah. the child and then yeah. you give them perhaps then in two or three days and then they will do a little you will only do something that they will mirror later so because if you go from one to ten yeah on those two days they're gonna want to go from one to ten and they're not ready yeah, okay. so you only want to go from one to two yeah okay and then they will be able to do that yeah, okay and of course you always have the impulsive children always yeah. we have yeah. children that way so they have to be um uh, observed and managed in a different way meaning mm. Usually that child sits next to the teacher mm. and will be sat yeah. next to somebody else where the child could be, you know, given the opportunity, but also need to be given the opportunity mm -hmm. because many times children who have this impulse, who are very boisterous mm -hmm. nowadays, whether they're boys and girls, because we have mm -hmm. that in both genders, um, they are, um, a strip, a, a strip from that opportunity to experience that because they're too impulsive. They, oh no, they're going to cut themselves or they're going to do this. So they're right. not allowed to do that. Right. And that is, it backfires. Yeah, so that's, I guess, what I was trying to uncover was where's the fine line between saying, no, it's a knife, you can't do it because you're going to cut yourself. But on the other hand, um, taking away a healthy natural impulse to want to explore and even learn by making a mistake and and you know um yeah so where's the balance between that where you would say you know no you're not ready for that activity in your mind i don't know exactly how well, some some that. teachers um do say to the child no mm -hmm. you're not ready yeah right and the child knows yeah. Because they do know the behavior. Most children are very aware of their behavior. Mm. So you're not, you, you don't have to say as a reprimand. Yeah, you're, you're bad You just boy. say, no. um, we're, we're not ready. We're not, we're not, yeah. You don't need to say you. We can say we're and not we. ready for it. Yeah. We. Because yeah. the child, as I say, experience one with the environment. Mm. So when you are doing, or I'm doing, the whittling or the kneading, the child is Watching. almost into me. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Because sure. he's so absorbed in the activity yeah. that he's, inside almost like he's inside the activity because he's so um, so they learn that's what i mean what when i yeah. said they imitate so so you have to be very careful about your yeah. movements everything with the whittling yeah. with the kneading all of those are very relaxing movements yeah. for it, the child it reminds me of which is related but somewhat separate subject of the the parent playing with the child which related phenomenon is the parent entertaining the child um and i know there are, we've seen i don't want to say it's always fathers but sometimes more often it's fathers the whole monster game the father screaming at the child chasing them around and the child giggling and screaming with quote you know excitement but fear and this whole dynamic that we see sometimes where um the parent wants to get in the game um you talked a little bit about that, but can you um, talk a little bit more about that in, in terms of what what would be an ideal situation like that? You know, well, um, of course, um, when you are the in the in the uh, teacher case, 
if you are we're talking about teachers, we don't really engage in in games that that way. Mm. The way that we play with the children mm. is when we have let's say circle time mm -hmm. when we do um game you know things that we do there through songs, mm -hmm. poetry, music um are done through gestures always mm -hmm. because as I explained I said a little bit before um we try to awaken all parts of mm -hmm. the body side left up mm -hmm. down so that the child is integrated mm -hmm. and ready for first grade mm -hmm. uh, which we may talk about that when we talk about first mm -hmm. grade uh, child readiness mm -hmm. um, there are many elements on that for 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 Waldorf um, but um, so in that way we can say that that's play when mm -hmm. we're whittling together that's play yeah. when we're washing the dishes as another way yeah. of playing right. when we are and we don't become a play and splash dishes and make them because right. the child will do that right and it right. will become a instead of being a reverent activity mm. um many people hate washing dishes many yeah, people right. hate um as an adult or yeah. as, as teenagers but if they have learned through their their homes or their classrooms to really um it's a time of reverence. There are children in in my classroom where, where I where, where I work. Many children that I have worked, they absolutely love washing the dishes mm. because playing with water is so fascinating yeah. for anybody really, and you know, anybody will love to go to a pool, a river, a creek, the ocean. Even if you don't know how to swim and you may be afraid yeah. of the water, you at least wet your your feet. Mm -hmm. Because it makes you feel so, ooh, something yeah. so nice to play yeah. with water. So children, that's what I said to you, in the playground, in the garden, we usually have some element of water that they can yeah. actually play because mm. they love to mix mm. uh, water with sand and create mud and what, yeah, what happens, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we have to be sort of, so all of those things are play in a way. Yeah, right. Um, but we are not creating the, the we're not telling them uh, and, and creating the, the play another way that we feed their imagination is like i mentioned through storytelling mm. to puppet puppetry we do mm. puppets that are have that have been made by the teacher yeah uh through uh felting needle felting mm -hmm. um or made in with felt usually wool yeah and they're very soft they don't have expressions mm -hmm. in their faces so they don't have faces you can say yeah. and there, some people get freaked out about that when yeah, they right, see right, that right. that's in the early childhood yeah. and the reason why that's done through Waldorf is be, especially for the early childhood is because when a child and you can test this when a child has a a, a, a doll uh, that does not have a face so it completely looks like a doll has hair that is made out of wool and clothes mm. and everything that's, but does not have expressions mm -hmm. the child makes the doll be whatever they want it to be. Right. Today right. is sad. Tomorrow yeah. is happy. Right. To, today, and you will see them play. And then one child is in charge of something and they do, they say, hey, the child is this other. And the other one says, oh, yeah, yeah. They unite. And mm -hmm. then they say, oh, no, but now it's happy. And everybody, oh, yeah, it's happy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. they, and yeah. then so it has yeah. um, an open ended, yeah, an right. open ended. Yeah a possibility sure, for sure. any story that yeah. they create. Yeah. So that's yeah, the important. Yeah, it reminds me of our um, uh, daughter who, who would talk, used to talk fondly about that. Um, maybe you could elaborate a little bit on the, um, 
what was it called? The find your little doll in the woods uh, ritual. Yeah. Uh, you know, can you talk about that? Well, some, some um, uh, early childhoods, they have um, these little, we, we can call it rituals or mm. we can call it traditions yeah. or um, little whimsical things mm-hmm. where they uh, create, uh, you know, the teacher makes little, you know, every teacher, if they choose to do this, they have a different theme. Sometimes is um, because of the birth of the child and they create a, a needle felted doll, mm-hmm. um, little doll, and uh, that the teacher has made that mm-hmm. usually resembles a child in the sense mm-hmm. that if the child has black hair or blonde hair or, or short hair or black hair or whatever, that the, the teacher sort of tries to do a, a mm-hmm. resemblance, yeah, not so right. much exactly like the child right. because yeah. um, it's all ma- made with felt mm-hmm. and wool. Mm-hmm. And then um, they have a story that they they create, yeah. and so all the children know this. And sometimes yeah. it's around their birthday, mm-hmm. so they go to the woods, and on the day of the birthday of the child, mm-hmm. and they have mm-hmm. created, like I said, each teacher does it differently if they choose to do this, and they um, have a place where they find, yeah. where they come and they find it. And the joy that that sure. creates in the child, sure. that this um, thing has been created. In, mm-hmm. And for the children who have not received it, because um, I'm telling you, it's either chosen as a, the birthday, so yeah, it's right. special, so the rest don't get anything. Yeah, right. But that doesn't matter, because they get so much joy out of the joy that the child mm-hmm. that has received this, and they look wow. with so much anticipation when their time will come. Yeah, sure. And of course, sometimes there are births that are on the same day. Many, many children, sometimes two or three children. So it's even more special mm. because it's they have... It's very powerful when I think about it as an adult and the ultimate search that we all go through to, quote, find ourselves in the many different ways that we go through that in our lives. That in a way, it's a foreshadowing the child and i don't know if this is the intention of it but certainly feels to me like we're teaching well they have to search it right we're teaching the young children that you're 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 out there somewhere you're gonna find yourself and it's the joy of actually finding yourself the anticipation and the joy of actually seeking not just finding and the collective experience of the group and helping another one or watching another find, person find, find quote their gift, their gift, their, and their themselves, gift. Yeah. and then when they find their gift, is their little doll that yeah, resembles right, them, right? Right. And mm, yes, it, it has a very, very many levels of spiritual sure. um, importance, right. and certainly for the the teacher who has experienced that, mm. uh, watching the children and what happens is a, a little miracle. Yeah. Right. And I'm certainly, I don't mean to imply that one would be, as a teacher, you know, trying to convey the, what I just said, concept that you're oh, looking no, for your never, higher you self even, and all that. No, no, of course not. But as an adult looking at this, I can see how if that could be instilled in a person that throughout their whole life, essentially, they're looking for who they really are um, and take joy in the search, not just in the finding. 
themselves only. That, you know, it would... Yeah, you know. and, and it's actually quite... That's what I made a little comment about. That is not only the, the, the joy of the child who is looking and who finds it, but the joy of the entire group. Sure. Who right. is searching and yeah. helping the girl, yeah. the boy, How wonderful is that? find that. Yeah. And when they find it, there is a hooray mm. um, joy yeah. of the yeah. whole community. I, I want to talk about a couple of the things, and we're almost out of time. So mm -hmm. if we can get there, we get there. If not, we'll do it another time. Um, I mean, certainly we, uh, we all want to talk about some of the art yeah. work. I also wanted to just ask a general question. Uh, what What is it that we don't see in a typical early childhood uh, classroom, which would somehow, you know, distinguish it from other typically modern uh, classrooms. Maybe we can talk first with the artistic things mm -hmm. that are happening. Mm -hmm. So um, for the early childhood, it's not so much as in the grade school, which are um, specific times assigned for certain art artistic activities. Mm -hmm. Um, with the early childhood, the artistic activities are happening all, all around because the child is exposed, um, first of all, through their touch, um, their smell, their, their playtime, mm -hmm. um, through these um, really in incredible pieces of artwork that the teachers create, uh, which are the dolls mm -hmm. and all the toys, um, are, are, are just beautiful. Yeah. Each classroom that I have visited, that I have seen, I'm blown away by the creativity of the teachers who have created yeah, um, yeah. Some beautiful, toys. Beautiful so the thing. children are exposed already every day through these artworks made in hand, handwork mm. that are made like that. And they play with these things that have been made by another human being. Yeah. And they actually know that their teacher has made yeah, it. Yeah. Mm. And, and sometimes the teacher makes a doll in front of them. And it takes them maybe two or three weeks, and they're making a doll not for somebody, but for the classroom. And they see the teacher do this. Um, so that's already almost through, through the entire uh, um, experience is being exposed. So that's sort of a very simple one that is happening every day in different ways. The other thing that um, is happening pretty much every day is like I explained, the uh, whittling or knitting that the teacher is doing that no, it's not teaching the children as a class. It's just doing it in a corner. Some teacher, some kids express interest. Then they're given, um, they're, they're, ta they're taught how to do it. And then other children, sometimes many of them, uh, they learn to finger knit. They all learn how to finger knit. And they have little rhymes that they use to finger knit so that they remember and they create um, ropes with this mm -hmm. where they use to uh, tie little things that they pull around like their yeah. cars yeah, right. or they create necklaces for the dolls uh -huh. or train tracks and millions of different things with these um, yeah. finger knitting. Uh, I call them ropes, but they're like little strings. Um, so that's happening all around them. Um, and then uh, more structure um, activities of artistic activities um, are like painting. Mm -hmm. So we do um, painting and sometimes they're done once a week, sometimes a little bit more than that. 
depending like again the classroom the size of the classroom and the, the type of activities that are designed in the classroom and um, like again um, these are all connected to breathing in and breathing out some uh, classrooms have um, many of them have uh, adapted now to have an outdoor activity to begin so when they arrive they're usually outside in the garden uh, they play until everybody gathers because usually they um, allow the kids to arrive 15 minutes before mm -hmm. and that happens in the grade school too so the kids can sort of have a time yeah. to play together yeah. before the day starts and the parents can also gather and mingle chat they're allowed to do that mm -hmm. and then they the bell is rung and then the parents leave and the class starts and the way they usually start now, uh, many of the classrooms uh, around the world uh, is through a walk or mm. they go to a nearby uh, park or wood area. And the way they, the reason why they do this is because of the increasing um, use of uh, electronic devices mm. at home. And mm -hmm. also because the children travel a long time sometimes yeah. to arrive to a school. To school. So all of that, um, I, I, I don't want to say messes up, but it, it sort of creates uh, the child a lot of harmony in a way. Yeah. So it's, it's just to bring them back to nature, yeah. back to mm -hmm. uh, themselves. So they, they do that. And mm -hmm. different schools do different things. They go, like I said, for a walk and exploring the neighborhood that is very wooded. And the, the teachers are really creative. They do different things. Sometimes mm -hmm. they Creek, sometimes they're this and they uh, these sort of walks uh becomes a an adventure of different yeah. ways and sometimes they will like i said they go to a near nearby wooded area where the kids can spend with the teachers maybe uh an hour they walk together there they got they arrive there the kids can play and they're all old by them you know uh, they have a, a, a designated area, but mm -hmm. with the teachers, mm -hmm. they know that this is where, and they usually teachers pick a place where it's very, um, almost like enclosed so that the kids can know the boundaries very easily and the kids yep. know where not to go. And usually the assistant brings water and some little snacks for the children if they get hungry. And they, she brings, or he brings, because the, the, the assistants could be, females or males yeah. uh, bring um, an activity to make whether it is the knitting so some of the kids who like to mm -hmm. knit or some finger knitting or something in case a child doesn't want to play mm -hmm. they want to start doing it. so it's always something mm -hmm. like that so they usually start with that now and that's the reason why um, instead of just letting them play outside why because they want to be moving Yeah, right. they want to be able to come and ground themselves through that and that's why moving, walking, that creates them uh, not only physical activity, but movement mm -hmm. brings you, you know, into focus in a way. Yeah, okay. It awakes you a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so many of the classrooms do that now. Mm. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't matter if it rains or snows, they yeah, go. Right, right, that's, right. that's how it is. And the right, kids know, right. and they are prepared, Those, they're, they have coats the and The typical... Everything. Waldorf rain gear is yes, head exactly. to toe, rain Boots or shine, and everything we're going for our going. walk. And, you know, and then they come back and there's different kinds of things that they can do. Circle time, story time, 
Um, then they do playtime, indoor playtime. Yeah. And uh, within that, the teacher sort of changes, like I said to you, it all depends on the breathing in and breathing out. Mm. So that's it's a, mm -hmm. always a harmony between those yeah. two elements. And at the, during the time that they're in the classroom, back into the classroom, they, the teacher structures painting sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's not painting le lesson. This is an experience. Mm -hmm. So and what we use in the, in the Waldorf at uh, that early age, watercolors. Mm -hmm. And it's called wet and wet, which means you wet the, the specific paper that we use, watercolor paper, and we use uh, watercolor. You actually soak it, right? We for soak a time. it. Yeah. yeah, we soak it for a time. And then, so this needs a little preparation from the teacher. Mm. But of course, and this needs a, um, this is not done all by the teacher. The teacher teaches the children to do this, mm -hmm. and it takes time. Yeah. And it's, it has to be sort of, it's a progression, a process. And the children get it. They love it. And it's a process where they learn how to wet the paper. Mm -hmm. uh, if the teacher has already pre previously have it in a little, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's a little tray yeah. where they, all the papers are there. And then later when they're all sitting down and they have already gotten together the paints, and they usually get, uh, they all know this is all that they get before they can even get to paint, they get mm -hmm. taught how to uh, do this, how to prepare. And mm -hmm. that is very important part mm -hmm. of, because it's teaching some inner work inside. Sure, sure. So they get the brushes ready. They all know brushes, little cloth to the, dry the, the brush, uh, a glass that you can have, one of those um, glass mason jars, little uh -huh. mason jars mm -hmm. for water, and then little sometimes um, uh, baby food. <laughs> Jars, you know, little yeah. jars. Baby food jars. You, yeah. you can use those too. Mm -hmm. uh, you can save them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you can make. So they usually get just three colors, for example. Yeah. You know, no, the basic colors, red, blue, and, and, and yellow. Um, because we also have different kinds of blue, different kinds of mm -hmm. red. So different, you know, but we, mainly those colors. And we don't always use those three. Mm -hmm. um, we sometimes paint with one color yeah. and the instruction of the teacher in a way, once they have learned, they have taught them how to prepare the mm -hmm. environment, which means get ready for painting, mm -hmm. is uh, he or she, the teacher or the parent, if he's doing this, um, you can just say, well, today we're blue, we're going to mm -hmm. use blue and um, blue wants to play on his own. Mm -hmm. And that's all. That's, you don't need mm -hmm. to say, go into explanations mm -hmm. or anything. You just have to, you know, always in story time, mm -hmm. always in a story. Mm -hmm. You just say, blue is going to be, <coughs> yeah. wants to be alone today. We're mm. using only blue. Mm. And then the teacher may say some, some little things about blue. Yeah. Uh, blue is sitting in a corner, sitting, uh, reading or thinking or, or just being quiet. Mm-hmm. Each color has sort of qualities. If you see a color, you can see the quality yeah, of yeah. each. So sometimes some teachers will use um, a little mini story related to the colors, the qualities of that mm -hmm, color, mm -hmm. and and that's it. And the child and the teacher will do something there, and the child would either look at the teacher or they will just do it on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes a teacher will say a little story about, mm. for example, um, blue and yellow went to play. 
Blue said to Yellow, You want to play with me? And Yellow said, Yes, I want to play with you. And mm. Yellow was in one corner and Blue was in the other corner. And they came down to the middle. Mm. And they came down to the middle until finally they hold hands. Happened. Mm. Blue and Yellow made green. Green yeah, became like the grass. Yeah. And the, mm. there is a an, million, an uh, sure. infinitive sure. way sure. of creating something like yeah. that. But something that is more whimsical like this, because yeah. by this, in this age, it needs to be really simple. Yeah, and like right. I just said, little lines like that create right. ignites the, the yeah. imagination and the child takes over. And you could yeah, hear not, sometimes. teaching you, blue and yellow make green. Go home and learn. No, that. <laughs> you just sort of say, oh, what did they create together? Green. Yeah, and sometimes beautiful. the child, a child will say, oh, my yellow is an angel. Mm. Or, oh, my blue is a whale. Mm. Oh, my blue became a dolphin. Yeah. They have, right. you could sure. hear different mm. things. Yeah. And of course, with time, because this takes time, this is a process, this won't happen the first day. Mm. Uh, the child, the three and the four year olds are more into just the experience of the painting. They can just get the brush get the paint and put the paint over and over and over and over and over mm, on top mm, of the thing. Mm. The child that is four, five, or six, sometimes five and six, are more into the forms. Like, what's that yeah. mean? Yeah. So they, and sometimes we give them the three colors and then we give them directions like I just said, you know, so we can say something like, and uh, yellow and red came to play. And they were playing and they, didn't realize when one went into the other and the other one went over here and then whoops orange was created mm. or something yeah. something like that right. or, or right. you can create some sort of story about that they come together and they create the pumpkin yeah right so but very simple and no so because uh, we don't want to create questions in a way yeah. for them this is more a um meditative in a yeah. way, you could yeah. see that it's a playful, but it's also a way mm. that if you see them painting, they just go quiet. The quietness yeah. that is mm. created by this experience. Mm. And mainly for the um, early childhood, that's it. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Um, and sometimes a teacher would choose to um, do a little story about something, you know, a little more complicated story with the colors. Um, but you only the only thing you need is what I just said. Yeah, very just simple. Just let their imagination. It's all their imagination because color is right. very alive in them. Right. And it is it almost has a um its own life. Mm. So they experience it in different ways. Mm. So it's always very beautiful to see what happens when they experience this. And of course, you you will have children sometimes that are that little and that they have already sort of talents in, you know, they may, may be able to create a form that mm -hmm. we know didn't talk about mm -hmm. it. They are very, they are children who are very analytical and they already make lines and, and, and mm -hmm. circles and mm -hmm. they fill them in and they try to make forms. Mm -hmm. And there are some children who are not very analytical and they just think differently yeah. and they are so into the experience of the color and they just yeah. create right. and they're just, loving what happens mm -hmm. and they want to see what happens with the forms and yeah. when you if you test watercolor in a wet 
uh, paper. Mm. You touch it and it, it, it yeah, runs. It disperses. And, very and, it, and, and that creates a wonder in the children uh -huh. and excitement because they are following what happens. And of course, there will maybe some children who we'll get, get really agitated by that. Sure. by that because they don't want it to go that way. Right. And there is an opportunity there for the teacher to guide the child yeah. and sort of with a type of same storyline of the color, real, help the child to come along um, with that difficulty that they're having, yeah. whether it is that they don't want the pain to run or that they are frustrated because they can yeah. do what they such and such is doing next to them yeah. with their yeah. painting. Their paintings are more rigid, and they mm -hmm. actually notice that they're more rigid. Yeah. So the teacher can help with that. Yeah. No, yeah. by or whatever, yeah, right. but by redirecting through mm -hmm. going mm -hmm. back to the colors. Yeah. And yeah. the child just yeah. immediately takes it. Hmm. Um. So. Um, what I guess I want to, a couple things, I just want to see if there's anything else. Well, first of all, I wanted to ask what you, what, what, you know, we don't see in the classroom, which would be characteristic of, of Waldorf, but also just in general, I want to see if there's other, um, other things in your mind that you feel we didn't cover that are, you know, important to get an understanding of the early childhood. Um, and, and there may not be. We may have covered things, but just in case, yeah. uh, there's something sort of gnawing at you that so, you think is. Two things that come to mind. One, uh, the question about what's not in the classroom yeah. of the early childhood. Um, we don't have. I think we we I mentioned a little bit before in one of our early conversations today that we don't have anything like spellings mm -hmm. or. Um, books for reading practice and any of that. Um, we don't, that's not part of the, the um, classroom per se. Uh, there is no time um, where there is actually a, a practice of spellings or reading time where the teacher sits with the children and they practice, none of that. Because the main element of the early childhood classroom is play. Mm -hmm. because um, in a way Dr. Steiner said, uh, not to quote his exact words, but basically he said that the way the child plays is the way that he or she thinks when they, are, when they become, how, how they think, how they will think and how they think. So it's very... When they, so the way they play as a youth is how they will think as an adult. Yeah, how they play. And if you observe how they play, they play all very differently. Mm -hmm. They're children who become the characters who are the actors, mm -hmm. let's per se. And there are some that actually are the ones who are the puppeteers. Yeah. They're the ones who move the things. Mm -hmm. and, and many, many different variations of that. And so, so to extrapolate on that, then a uh, um, situation where oh. you would be, you know, I, I guess uh, there's a part of our culture which says, well, if it's good for them at seven, to start to learn to write and read, then why don't we just start a little younger? So then what would that, what would the result of that be, the sort of pushing it too early? Well, um, the reason why we don't 
field or, or world of education through the indications of Dr. Rudolf Steiner um, that we don't do that so early is because um, there are other things that we are we are actually doing everything that we're doing in the classroom that I have mentioned to you. These mm -hmm. are not just by the way activities. These are very purposeful activities mm -hmm. that are created um, for the the child, um, and the child creates for herself or himself through their own experiences. Um, these are uh, forming in them forces that are very strong when the academic time arrives. <laughs> and that's usually when the children are in first grade. So of course, there are many children that have a natural inclination to read, like our own daughter. She learned how to read on her own. We had no even idea that she knew how to read. By four, she knew how to read. I thought that she was, she had memorized, because she always had an amazing memory, that she had memorized the books and that she was actually just repeating along the stories because she had memorized. But then actually I realized that she actually knew how to read and mm. nobody had taught her how to mm. read. She, she had learned on her own. So we never were people who were drilling the reading, but we did tell her stories every night, right. um, storytelling before bed, right. during the, we, we, you come from a, a background on that and I come from a background of that in my own culture. So we did that a lot, a, a lot. So, and we read also books to her before bed, and somehow that that yeah. you know she developed so that. So there are be... many children who are that way, but that doesn't mean that this is a encouraged. Like we right. don't, we didn't force her to read. She learned her right. on her own. Right. And on the on the other hand, our son didn't do that. He was. No interested on that at all. He mm -hmm. was interested on other things. And he didn't even learn how to read until he was like really in fourth grade. And many people thought that he had learning disabilities because of that. Mm. And that sort of misconception also, we can talk about that at another mm. time. But just sort of to talk about a little bit about it is he loves to read and had no problem reading. And when he was ready, he just flew. Right. And even Dr. Steiner said, if it would be possible that we did not read until we were 12, it would be the best because right. our imagination is so alive with, yeah. with that. And it does, like, again, it doesn't mean that your imagination will not be alive if you read, read how to, you learn how to read early. Right. Um, well, the like, idea is, is not to push it. It's not to push it. Right. If it's a natural thing that will happen, right. it will happen no matter right. what you do. So, um, so in the world of we foster other um, capacities that are mm. going to support the academic in mm. a wholesome way right. that does not create blocks for the mm -hmm. children. Sometimes now we have seen there are many research done uh, that many children have, have developed blocks that uh, come in existence or they become apparent mm -hmm. when the child is in fourth grade, fifth grade, but that they have been sort of dragging things yeah, right. at a young age. Right. Um, right. And and other things are sort of other, other things that happen. But so that's why we don't see that in the classroom. Yeah. And um, we have a lot of drawing, which is um, a precursor for writing. Mm -hmm. A lot of drawing with uh, different kinds of um, special kinds of crayons that we use in the Waldorf. 
uh, and the, those crayons were designed uh, to develop the little minuscule um, uh, nerves mm -hmm. and muscles that are in the hand so that it will prepare um, us for writing when, you know, the child is ready. And most of the activities, I mean, all the activities created in, in that the child is exposed to in an early childhood and through all the grades uh, are connected to the hand mm -hmm. because the hand is a, when you use the hand in a wholesome way, like through crafts or knitting or, or clay or mm -hmm. any, any of the activities that, that we do, is, it connects the entire body. The whole body mm -hmm. is connected. You are engaged. Your body is engaged when your hands are engaged, mm. and also your heart and your mind. So mm. your entire system, your entire body connected with your mind and heart are one. Mm. It's all all engaged yeah. through the hands. That's mm. why mm. it's very important the hands in mm. world of education. Mm. Um. So we're kind of out of time mm -hmm. there's some other subjects which i wanted to touch upon which probably will be uh easy for us to go into later um you know i want to talk, talk about um technology in the life of the young kids um how that some of the challenges around that and also um uh, yeah some of the things that kids bring to the class as a result of those things, both in their artwork and in their general behavior and what we can do to, you know, uh, help, help that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's probably a subject which probably we need to do. We'll, it we'll do. Time. Yeah. When, uh, yeah. Before we close, I just wanted yes. to, to mention just one, mm -hmm. something uh, small about, it's not small, but short mm -hmm. about um, to help, um, parents who would like to adapt this into their mm -hmm. home lives, um, that um, children in general, the, the way that we see children is that they don't really understand time yet. Mm -hmm. Time in the sense of it is 2 o'clock, it is 8 o'clock, it is 12 o'clock. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could say the time, but they don't really understand right. what that means. And also today is Monday or Tuesday on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So the way that they, we, uh, the classroom handles that is through activities mm. so they know oh it's this time mm -hmm. because we're mm -hmm. going to the wall mm -hmm. it is this time so there is always the same rhythms that's what we call rhythms we don't call it schedule we mm -hmm. call it rhythm so that mm -hmm. the child knows that this is happening the meal time is coming right. so this must be right. this time and that time so right. they already know in their bodies that right. this is coming and also um another way that um to sort of know the the day of the week mm -hmm. is that they will will do meals that yeah. are connected to the day. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people will do grain, like grain day, rice day, yeah, right. millet day, mm -hmm. oats day, and they will have some some mm -hmm. food that has connected to that. So the child will know. Oh, today is the day mm -hmm. of oats. Yeah. Right. Another yeah. Uh, thing. Another another other schools do a dish today. Will do beans yeah. today. Mm -hmm. Will do ri uh, rice and mm -hmm. beans if they are eating lunch mm. there. Mm -hmm. And um, so those are things that are important because that creates um, not just the rhythm, but also it relaxes the child. Yeah. Because the problem with mm. early childhood is that if you are always changing and it's always 
that creates an enormous stress sure. in a child because they don't know what's mm -hmm. coming. They're always nervous. That creates sure. nervousness. Yeah. It reminds me, I had this image of uh, Mr. Rogers. Remember that? And how um, it was just very uh, soothing. There were times, just his way, his whole demeanor was very rhythmical. And his show was like you're describing. There were times when it was time to do the this. And it's now it's time to do that. And there was something very healthy and, and yet joyful. Not boring because of the, 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 the schedule, but joyful because of the rhythm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and that's another important point before we, we close, that um, the misconception is that the child needs new things all mm. the time, especially the little child. Mm. And sometimes they tell, when we talk, talk about stories, yeah. the story is repeat three times, yeah. meaning not the same mm. day, but the next day is the same story, and it's the same mm -hmm. story. We may change a little, but it's the same sure. story. And Sometimes there will be children that say, oh, how boring, because they're used to of being fed. Sure. And what we don't realize, if you really think and you get quiet and you think about what is it that you are creating by this abundance of activities and things that are too much if you don't do them in a way that are rhythmical, in a way it's sort of greed because you want yeah. more. What else? What, what more yeah, can you yeah. give me? I mean, it's not that the child is saying that. No, I understand. But, but, but yeah. it creates a, a sense of, you sure. know, so when you slow everything down and you create these activities that the child knows that what's coming, first of all, knows what's coming, so they're all relaxed. Yeah. Nobody has surprises right. here. They all know what's coming. Right. Today's painting time. Why? Because right. of something happens in the classroom that they arrive and they know it's painting yeah. time because yeah. they see the jars. That mm -hmm. are already ready for mm -hmm. them. When it's time, mm -hmm. they will come and start doing it. Yeah, and and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So that all creates a sense of. And then when there's a story, like I said, is gentle and the same story. You change some of the things, but it's the same story. Yeah, right. They absolutely love it. Sure. I mean, I remember, and and our Serena wanted to hear the story of Yosef and the fish all the time yeah. exactly. <laughs> no i don't need a new story i'll take that one again all the new stories were great yeah but but and when i memorized it and could just tell it with a new slight twist but basically it. the same yeah. story so that's what pretty yeah. much yeah. is what the teacher okay. does yeah. it, it, it changes perhaps a little element of something mm -hmm. it adds something new but it's always the same story for a few days yeah. and then comes another one sure. sometimes their teachers for the early yeah. little children like the three-year-olds they do the same puppet show, the same story for mm. the entire week. Some people will go like, oh my God, but they love it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. And that actually creates a sense of peace. Yeah. And like, they can actually go to sleep without going to sleep. They right. just sort of relax. Sure. Because sure. it's familiar. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, we'll, um, we'll take on um, first grade next time or whatever else comes. So, okay. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank great. you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Anthroposophy Today. Check the episode description for a link to the blog post for this episode where you'll find additional content. If you have any questions or feedback, send us an email at anthroposophytodaypodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at www.anthroposophytodaypodcast.com 
anthroposophytoday.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.